everyone, and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez, and in this segment, we are going to be looking at the June horoscope for 2022. Before we get started and looking at these main transits, please keep in mind that I use the Vedic sidereal system of astrology. That means that it's different than the Western tropical system that most of us are introduced to, especially if we're in a Western country. So if you'd like to learn more about the difference between Western and Vedic astrology, go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on media, and then astrology now, where you can learn more about the difference between Western and Vedic astrology. Sidereal astrology is the astronomical placement of the planets at any given moment in time, meaning that it's the literal placements. <laughs> Some people don't know this, but um, Western astrology, the tropical zodiac, is not astronomically precise, whereas the sidereal zodiac is. And I love using the system of Vedic astrology because it is a limb of the Vedas. And by studying the Vedas, we gain more knowledge and insight into ourselves and also universal consciousness the true meaning of existence, true with a capital T, of course. And when we're on this quest of knowledge, we have these supplements to support us, the limbs of the Vedas, things like yoga, the asana practice, things like Ayurveda, the science of life, food, nutrition, lifestyle, and then of course, Jyotish, which is the science of light, or Vedic astrology, which is utilizing the science of light, utilizing the science of astronomical perspective <laughs> of the um, observation of astral bodies and their impact on earth. And this is going to assist us on that quest of higher knowledge of truth with a capital T, which is why I am drawn to this specific system. And I've also found that this system is incredibly precise. I found it to work very well. So that's a little bit on Vedic astrology and sidereal astrology. Now let's go ahead and get into the June horoscope. And so for the past several months, I think that we've had a lot of turbulence. We've had a lot of rockiness. And June is actually one of these months where kind of leading towards the end and into July, things are going to kind of start heating back up a little bit. But June actually has some really beautiful qualities personally and also internationally around the world that I think could be positive as well. So let's go ahead and get into this horoscope and we'll talk about how this will impact us on a personal level. And of course, we'll also touch on how it could impact the world at large as well. And so starting off with June 3rd, so on June 3rd, Mercury is going to go direct. So for the past several weeks, Mercury has been retrograde. And when Mercury retrogrades, especially in an Earth sign, Mercury has been retrograding in the sidereal sign of Taurus. When Mercury retrogrades in Earth signs, it has an impact on the economy. It has an impact on finances. So Mercury going direct, I believe, is very positive for us financially. I think it's very positive for the economy. And so in our personal lives, I think it's a really strong time to get money matters in order. There's more going on that would support this, but getting a rein on finances, being responsible, canceling any subscriptions that we're no longer using, um, really being mindful with things we spend extra money on. You know, sometimes I'll be looking at my bank statement and be like, how did I spend 
so much money on DoorDash. <laughs> if in the United States, I don't even know, I think it's throughout the states, but at least in Texas, we have something called DoorDash where people will like go and grab food for you. So it's like, how did I spend so much money on DoorDash? How did I spend so much money on dog food? Like all these things, you know, I, I need to get a handle on it. And I don't know how much I'm spending until I'm looking at my bank statement. So it's like being proactive about that, being mindful in advance, and really just getting them in order what's necessary, what's not necessary. Maybe even setting aside some for savings could be an intelligent thing to consider now as well, if that is an option for you, of course. And I do want to point out that as Mercury is stationing to go direct, Saturn is stationing to go retrograde. So Mercury will direct on June 3rd. Saturn is going to retrograde on June 4th. So Mercury is slowing down to go forward. Saturn is slowing down to go back. And these points of station Whenever the planet first begins to turn, this is a very powerful point. Um, the planet is incredibly strong. And so this podcast will publish after the fact, but be mindful around, or no, it won't. It'll publish on the third, I guess. But notice, notice on the third and the fourth, there can be extreme events and big events in our personal life or in the world at large. It can be almost like a turning point in a way. And I want to say Mercury going direct really briefly as we get out of the shadow period, so I want to say a little bit more into mid-June, late June, this is going to improve communication, our use of technology, it's going to improve our cognitive functioning, it's probably even going to improve our nervous system, it's going to improve everything related to Mercury. We also don't have to be as careful when it comes to things like contracts or traveling or emails, text messages, all of our appliances. When Mercury goes retrograde, these things tend to get interrupted. And now that Mercury is going direct, we can worry about those things a little bit less. It doesn't mean nothing will go wrong, but again, we can worry about them a little bit less. So Saturn retrograding. Saturn will go retrograde on June 4th. And this is a really interesting occurrence. So first of all, Saturn retrogrades, you know, relatively frequently when Saturn goes retrograde it retrogrades for four months at a time this happens every year so Saturn retrograde isn't um it's not like a very rare event Mars going retrograde Venus going retrograde they don't retrograde very often but planets like Saturn Jupiter Mercury they retrograde pretty frequently so this isn't like a once in a lifetime <laughs> type of experience it happens frequently but there is still significance to it. And we'll talk about that significance. So Saturn, Saturn is associated to justice and virtue and law. And so as Saturn goes retrograde, we may need to review some of these areas of life on a global level. What's legal? Um, what is ethical? What are our virtues as a nation, as a state, you know, as a population? And I think it's interesting, um, you know, this Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case, it came to a verdict. And now we see Saturn beginning to retrograde. It will retrograde right over Johnny Depp's natal Saturn. And Amber Heard is wanting to appeal. So we're going to see this kind of like review of justice, of ethics. So that's like a personal 
little observation for their personal lives. But on a global scale, and for our countries, you know, our countries may be reviewing and reassessing the laws, the ethics, the virtues that uphold the ethos of the country. Saturn, of course, has this association to long term planning as well. So it could be a time of planning for the future. There could be more laws introduced, more bills introduced at this time. And Saturn is also structures and systems. And this is a really important thing to focus on because Saturn is going to be moving from the revolutionary, you know, power to the people sign of Aquarius into Capricorn. And Capricorn, you know, Saturn does well in both of these signs. Saturn feels comfortable in both of these signs. Capricorn has a little bit more of this rigid, um, traditional, old way edge to it. So we want to be mindful of that. There is going to be a review of structures in the system. Saturn is going to be with Pluto. Pluto is still in the sign of Capricorn, of course. And we've spoken about this before with Pluto and Capricorn. This is going to change governments around the world. And we've been seeing this. Pluto entered Capricorn around the beginning of COVID. All right. And we saw so much change very suddenly, very intensely. Pluto will be here for a long time. So we're seeing structures all around the world get called into question and things are collapsing. The things that aren't working are collapsing because that's the thing about Pluto is that it brings immense destruction, death, so to speak, but it always brings a rebirth as well. And so we're going to be seeing that around the world throughout this entire transit of Pluto. But also now Saturn will be joining Pluto in Capricorn again. You know, in July, July 14th, I believe, July 12th, <laughs> it's July 12th or July 14th, uh, Saturn will enter back into Capricorn. And so we will have these matters called to question again. We will see a lot change within the government. We'll see, and, and we witnessed this. We witnessed this so much when Saturn was in Capricorn previously. We saw issues in the government come to the system, things that have been so implicit, so built in, that so many of us couldn't even see it, you know, unless we were educated about it, unless someone had already taught us about it. And then as Saturn moved through Capricorn, we really had this kind of grand awakening where we're like, wow, there's this oppression. There is this injustice in the legal system. You know, we, we had a lot of that with the Jeffrey Epstein. You know, there's so much corruption in the elite. So all of these things that we had been otherwise unaware of, and even if we were aware of it, maybe it wasn't like this blaring um, sound in the background. As Saturn moved through Capricorn, we were all asked to look at these things. You know, you couldn't live in America without having the conversation, without talking about it. And I'm sure in other countries, there were similar things as well. So that's really what we saw. And so as Saturn goes back, I think that we'll get another kind of preview of that things getting called into question, structures of the government, things coming to the surface for us to look at. And as I mentioned, a review of legalities, ethics, virtues, etc. And this is government. Capricorn is government. So this is a time where, you know, 
people are wanting a change. <laughs> things are things are changing. We see things changing and shifting. As Saturn moves back into Capricorn, we'll see even more of that get called into question and even more shift as we had seen for the last few previous years. Saturn will return to Aquarius in January of 2023. Okay, so that is something to keep an eye on. Otherwise, Saturn being in, or let's just talk about Saturn for a while. Saturn is, as I mentioned, virtues, ethics, it has to do with structures, systems, it upholds like the walls of the house, you know, long term duration. Saturn is also limitations. <laughs> and Saturn is delays and obstructions and making us wait and making us work. Saturn is long term effort things that we apply ourselves to, things that we commit to, things that we show up for. It requires us to be there. There are some planets that will give us rewards even if we're not like busting our butt. Saturn is one of these planets where it really wants us to work. Saturn is one of the main distributors of karma. And so wherever it's passing through our chart in transit, it is going to be bringing karmic matters up to the surface so that we have the opportunity to grow and evolve beyond our limitations. Speaking of which, if you are interested in how Saturn's transit will influence you personally, I do horoscopes for each of the 12 zodiac signs on my Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash astrology now podcast. But as I was saying... Saturn will give us the opportunity to learn and grow. And it's when we don't take the chance to learn and grow, when we don't take the chance to overcome our limitations or overcome our barriers or fall folly to old patterns. That's really the big thing is when we are stuck in our ways, we don't want to take personal responsibility. We're not willing to show up. We're not willing to grow. That's when things get crazy with Saturn. <laughs> If we are willing to grow, if we are willing to take responsibility to see how we are contributing to everything in our life, everything in our life right now in our current circumstance, we are playing into. There are very few things in life that we don't have any control over at all. The majority of things in our life we have some control over, at least some, if not all. And so Saturn's like, okay, you are playing into this. You're playing into this addiction. You're playing in to this pattern. You're allowing yourself to get hijacked by attachment. You're allowing yourself to, you know, continue burning bridges or continue, you know, whatever bad habits we may have. And so we can either notice that about ourselves and our body and our brainscape and make the active decision to grow and to evolve and to change. It's hard requires hard work, everyday dedication. That's how the brain changes. When we're trying to form those new neural pathways, it requires time, effort, commitment. Saturn will reward us. Absolutely. And I've seen this time and time again. Saturn, of course, is restriction. It is limitation. And it's also fear and anxiety, as I was mentioning. And because it is the distributor of karma, wherever it travels in transit, it can bring some fear, it can bring some anxiety, it can bring some difficulties, perhaps. And I like to try to see this as a, an opportunity to find balance. 
Because Saturn, again, it highlights things, it points things out. And when we feel edge, when we feel charge, when we feel fear, when we feel anxiety, it's an opportunity to see where we may not be in balance. It gives us an opportunity to find the root of something within ourselves that is off balance and is not working in harmony. Because when we feel fear, when we feel anxiety, there's something in our system that may be out of balance or not in harmony. So just keep that in mind that Saturn wants to share and it wants to help. It's not doing anything against us. It's operating in our best benefit. So for example, if Saturn is impacting the 10th house, there may be some fear and anxiety around work that comes up, but what's the root of that fear and anxiety? Is it worthlessness? Is it fear of abandonment? Is it low self-esteem? What's the root of it? Saturn in the seventh house, fear around relationships. What's the fear? Is it insecurity? Is it old attachment stuff? Is the relationship just genuinely not right? You know? So wherever Saturn is transiting for you, you want to pay attention. And again, we talk about this on Patreon. You want to pay attention where Saturn is transiting. And you also want to look at the houses that Saturn rules. Because wherever, whatever houses Saturn rules, it's a time to reevaluate those areas of life. As Saturn retrogrades, right? As Saturn moves backwards, it's a time to reevaluate these areas of life. This is especially going to affect our Aquarius and Capricorn friends because you are ruled by Saturn, so it will impact you the most. Um, if you have any planets in the degrees that uh, Saturn will be retrograding in the later degrees of Capricorn, earlier degrees of Aquarius. So it is something to be mindful of. But again, as I was saying, it's, it's an opportunity to grow. Any trigger that comes up, any fear that comes up, remember that that is a breadcrumb for something that you now have the opportunity to heal. So that is what we should watch for on a personal level in regards to Saturn retrograding. Saturn retrograde is also a time where we can really set seeds for the future and make long-term goals because it's like that area of life that represents long-term effects, it's retrograde. So it's kind of giving us an opportunity to review and reflect on our long-term mission, what we want to create in the long-term that specifically brings us structure. And so that's why I was mentioning finances earlier as well, as we have Mercury going direct, Saturn retrograding, it's like financial security, stability, what we want for our future, what makes us feel safe, what what can we do to create a more sound, secure life? These things can get called into question. It doesn't necessarily have to be about finances. It could be about relationship. It could be about your connection with your teacher, the connection with your children. You know, There are many areas of life that this will impact for each of us in various ways. So on June 13th, we will have a full moon in Scorpio in the nakshatra of Jayeshta. And this full moon is particularly potent because it is in the final degrees of Scorpio, which is Gandanta. Whenever we have a planet pass over the final degrees of a water sign, early degrees of a fire sign, that is the Gandanta area. And the moon is also debilitated in the sign of Scorpio as well. And so just kind of recapping... 
A full moon is when the energy is heightened. You know, there's a peak in energy. People tend to feel extremes in energy, rather it be positive or negative. Gandanta has this association to a knot. And it's almost like the knot at the end of something. So this is the knot at the end of a water sign. <laughs> and it, the way that I like to visualize it is as we move, as the planet moves through those degree points, it's like the karmic knot unravels and reveals something that we need to address in some capacity. And as I was mentioning, the moon's debilitation, it's going to contribute to intense emotions, big emotions, extreme emotions. And so at this point in time around the full moon, be very mindful of explosive demonstrations of getting hijacked by emotion, of feeling the need to express emotionally. I was talking to a friend about this recently. I've, how can I make this as brief as possible? Okay, I think I have it. Emotions are so important because they connect us to humanity. And when we feel deeply, we are able to comprehend and understand the human experience in a really deep and powerful way. You know, that's like empathy. But when we begin acting from those emotions, we are no longer really in our buddhi or our intellect. We are no longer really in control because instead, fear is controlling us. Sadness is controlling us. Depression is controlling us. You know, joy is controlling us. Impulsivity. Experiencing the emotions is one of the most beautiful and unique experiences we'll have on earth as a human. It's important to do that. And we cannot allow ourselves to act from that space because we are no longer acting from our source energy, our higher self, our highest potential. So around this full moon, the emotions may come up and they may contribute to inspiration or really deep and meaningful conversations or maybe really beautiful resonance for how someone else may have felt at some point in time. But what I really recommend is not taking action. <laughs> Don't let yourself get hijacked by the feelings. Try not to have conversations because you're feeling passionate. Try not to make any decisions because you're feeling passionate. The emotions are going to be heightened. And I don't want you to make a decision that you're going to regret or say something that you're going to regret. So please be extra mindful around this full moon because I think that a lot of us may be feeling that kind of impulse to act from fleeting feelings. And then as soon as the feelings fleet, we're, you know, we're regretting what we did. So <laughs> we want to be extra careful. And I, I say this from experience. And the other, the other ideas of jyeshta, jyeshta is associated to jealousy. Please be mindful of jealousy around this point in time in the world around you coming from others. And if we ourselves find ourselves feeling jealous, remember that whatever we're jealous of, whoever we're jealous of, trying to turn it into inspiration that person that thing that idea is something that we want to be more like we crave to be that way we wish that we had more of that thing how can we create it how can we embody it so instead of feeling the less savory qualities of jealousy turning it into inspiration and appreciation for the people around us and the world around us 
Jyeshta is also associated to responsibility and protection. So around this time period, it is definitely a good idea to be extra responsible, to protect the things that we care about, to really consider what is worth fighting for in this life. And there may even be something that comes up for us where we get more responsibility. You know, somebody trusts us with something or we have to show up more at work or for our family members may even be called to protect someone or something in some regard. But as I was mentioning, please watch out in the world around us because that day and around that day, it can get a little spicy. I'm definitely wanting us all to keep an eye on it. So June 15th to July 16th, the sun is going to be in Gemini. So if you are born between June 15th and July 16th in the Vedic sidereal system of astrology, your sun is in the sign of Gemini. So happy birthday, all of our Gemini sons. We are so appreciative for your wordsmith ability, your amazing communication skills, your humor, your playfulness, your lightheartedness, and also your ability to be so multifaceted and have so many different interests. You are so fascinating. I love Gemini Sun. So again, happy birthday. Happy turnaround the sun. We're so happy that you're here. And so the sun in Gemini, this is actually part of why I was saying I, I think that there is some sweetness in the month of June between the sun's placement, Venus and Mercury, which we'll talk about here in a second. So for this month with the sun in Gemini, we can, on a personal level, this is an excellent time for communication, for anything that has an association to Mercury or Gemini. So it could even be, as I was mentioning, it could be related to finance. It could also be related to our communication or our online communication. This is a very powerful time. If you write or publish, if you do anything creative or expressive, this is a particularly powerful time for it. And I think that there's a lot of receptivity when it comes to communication at this time. And if you are a creative person, again, this is such a great time <laughs> for creativity and expression, but it's also really great for innovation and anything with technology. So if you work in technology or if you work in communications or advertisement, this could also be a very powerful time as well on a personal level, despite what you work or what you do, it is an excellent time to honestly embrace humor, embrace playfulness, embrace being multifaceted. As I mentioned, it's like, what skills do you love but haven't been paying attention to? What book were you reading that you put down and never picked back up? What skill set were you developing that you fell off the map with? If you've been wanting to learn Spanish, if you were learning how to play the flute, if you were writing a book, you know, if there was some extracurricular activity that you've had for yourself, now it could be a time where you go back to it or you start it if you haven't started already. So this is a wonderful time for all of this on a personal level. Also, again, a great time for light, fun humor, going to a comedy club, connecting to your friends that you enjoy and have a good time with. And on the not as great side of things, having Sun and Gemini, it can make all of us a little bit more airy, more forgetful, and more scattered. So we do want to keep an eye out for that. Mars is aspecting the Sun. So again, 
on a personal level, this this can also, we want to be mindful of our health and vitality to some extent. I do think that there could be some vata imbalances that we want to keep an eye on, some pitta imbalances that we want to keep an eye on. There's this scattered energy that I'm trying to convey to you all. It's like light, scattered, airy, quick. So try to make some time for grounding, decompressing, slowing down, cooling down, and taking time to still yourself. Reading is an excellent activity for Sun and Gemini, and it's also an opportunity to slow down. It's like reading is entertainment. It requires so much of our brain capacity, but it's not like we're constantly scrolling. We're not getting so much information at once. It's a great activity to receive stimulation and to be engaged while also not totally throwing us into some sort of vata imbalance. So those are some things to keep an eye on. I do want to say towards the end of the month, let's see, it seems around June 22nd, the sun is going to move into Ardra Nakshatra. And that's a little bit less fun. So at the beginning of the month, the sun is going to be in Murugashira, which Murugashira has a sign exchange with Mars, which is partially why I was saying what I was saying. We want to work on slowing down, stilling ourselves. We want to avoid excess heat, excess passion and fire. So bringing in the (laughs) slow, steady energy. But again, towards the end of the month, and I believe it's around the 22nd, yes, the 22nd, the sun will enter Ardra Nakshatra. And Ardra is associated to the teardrop. It's associated to Rudra, the storm god. But it's also associated to a bead of sweat, which is hard work, discipline, resiliency. That's what I think about when I think about Ardra. There is this incredibly strong resiliency that comes with this nakshatra. But I do want us to be careful because there is this sign exchange between the sun and Ardra and Rahu and Kritika. Ardra is ruled by Rahu. Kritika is ruled by the sun. So we see this sign exchange with the nakshatras. So towards the end of the month, June 22nd into July, this can definitely bring some obsessiveness. It can bring quick churning. It can bring excessiveness. And it will be in regards to what the sun represents. And so the sun is our leadership ability. It's the ego. It's also the soul. It is authority. It's power. It's also our vitality. And so first of all, be mindful of the vitality. Try not to burn yourself out. Try to take rest. I keep on trying to (laughs) drive that point home. But also when it comes to domineering, when it comes to our own ability to lead, when it comes to our own ability to influence, be open to influence around this time. Be open to the opinions of others. Be mindful in how you communicate with other people when there is a disagreement or when there is a clash. Things may get intense. We may see this in our personal life. We may see this in the world around us. With communication specifically, communication, online communication, emails, text messages, you name it, we will see more intensity when it comes to communication, messages, and disagreements. And again, this could involve leadership as well. There may be some 
um, dispute online. There may be an issue with emails. Okay, when it comes again to people who are higher in power. So we want to keep that on the radar. And that's, it's a hot, it's a hot energy. And it's also, um, there may be people trying to outsmart each other in the government, in the world, and also in our personal lives. So if there are people who you feel like they're trying to outsmart you or dupe you, be extra careful because the, you know, I love Gemini. I've always said I love Gemini. As much as I love Gemini, there is a notorious dual quality to it where it can be super friendly and charming. And then there's this other side. So we want to be careful of people maybe being a little deceiving or deceptive with their verbalization, with their words, with their maybe even promises, pledges. So in our personal life, in the world around us. Okay. But again, Overall, Sun and Gemini is kind of our opportunity to have fun and hone in on all these mercurial, fun, Gemini elements of life. Oh, learning. It's an opportunity to learn, uh, picking up a new skill. I think I said that already, but just in case I didn't. So let's go ahead and talk about Venus. So from June 4th until June 15th, Venus is in Aries in the nakshatra of Barney. This is an intense place for Venus to be. Barney is ruled by Venus, so you would expect this to be a good thing, (laughs) but it can actually bring about some pretty intense experiences in regards to Venusian activities. So be mindful of breakups, issues with relationship. You know, there could be some things coming out about relationship that we weren't expecting maybe issues in the relationship. It could be uh, having something revealed to us. Venus and Barney can bring sudden ups and downs in regards to love and romance. It can also bring a ton of passion. Please be mindful in this time period. If there is someone who catches your eye outside of your relationship, and I mean, if you're in a monogamous relationship, I guess, depending on <laughs> the rules and regulations of your personal romantic life. But if you're if you're in a romantic relationship and it's a monogamous relationship, be really careful about catching the eye of other people or other people catching your eye. Try not to make any big decisions until after, um, I suppose it would be June 18th. So just be extra mindful because there can be like affairs that happen. There can be extramarital things going on with Venus and Barney, to be frank. But again, if if you're um, in a relationship that's more open and expansive, or if you're single even, this can definitely be a time where you know, there's a lot of passion. There can be something that suddenly happens. There could be someone that suddenly walks into your life even perhaps. But again, it's notorious for kind of clashes or things getting mixed up. So just try to keep communication clear in this time period and and try to be pragmatic with your choices. I also want to say be extra careful of your ankles and be extra careful of your vehicles. You want to be really mindful of... um, not so much property and real estate, more so cars and vehicles at this time period as well. From June 16th until June 25th, Venus will be in Kritika Nakshatra. (laughs) So please uh, be careful of 
again, kind of how cutting we are or how sharp we are with one another. But this can also be an excellent time to come to big realizations about relationship and have a lot of insight in regards to relationship. It could even be a time of making a big choice in regards to something like assets or something that you want to invest in, maybe even finances. It's a time of thinking critically. It's not as soft and cozy and sweet as it could be with Venus, but it's the practical and intelligent kind of perceptive edge when it comes to the Venusian qualities. So really analyzing the relationships, maybe coming to sharp conclusions, being able to see things a little bit more clearly. And then as I was mentioning, this can work with investments as well. But we just want to be really careful when it comes to sometimes the sharpness and the objectiveness can turn into cold callousness. So please be mindful not to be cold or callous towards individuals during this time period. So on June 18th, Venus enters Taurus. So remember that Critica spans between Aries and Taurus. So June 18th to June 13th, Venus is in Taurus. Venus rules Taurus. So this is a luxurious place to be. This is a fertile place to be. Beautiful, cozy, warm, Venusian, expressive, artistic, creative. Fantastic. Again, this combination um, of having Venus and Taurus and Sun and Gemini, which again, it, it can happen every year. It's not super uncommon for this to happen because the Sun and Venus move so closely together. But this is a beautiful time for creativity and it's a beautiful time for expression. And it's also a wonderful time to remember maybe where we aren't treating ourselves, or if we tend to move through life quickly and we move through life focusing on the necessities of what we need to do of what we have to do of what we should do this is an opportunity to slow down and to ground ourselves and to remind ourselves of what brings us enjoyment and what brings us pleasure rather it be music or food or art poetry um, being in the grass being in the sunshine Taurus is an earth sign so taking a walk in nature, being near water, doing something again that kind of soothes the soul. But I want to focus on this element of slowing down, slowing things down. That's the theme of this podcast. And um, the other things to keep in mind when Venus is in Taurus is that Venus does have a lot to do with wealth and Taurus is an earth sign. So it has to do with wealth and stability. So again, I do see this being more positive and beneficial for the economy. I also see it being more positive and beneficial on a personal level to get our finances in order. In the negative sense, Venus and Taurus, it can be clingy. It can be stubborn. It can really have this issue with attachment and being overly attached, which can lead to jealousy aggressiveness, controlling, trying to control other people. So we want to be careful of those qualities and try not to fall folly to them. I was looking at some specific dates from June 26th until June 27th. Mercury and Venus will be in Rohini with the moon. So again, that's June 26th, June 27th. This is a particularly sweet little period that's great for romance and luxury and expression and creativity. It's just such a sweet, beautiful little uh, place. Again, June 26th, June 27th, try to do something on that day that feels luxurious for you. All of us have a different idea of what luxury looks like. 
make it luxurious for you. And again, if you're in a relationship, if you have significant others, whatever, it is a wonderful time to express appreciation and and gratitude for the people in our life. And of course, Rohini is that nakshatra associated to Krishna. So maybe chanting the Maha Mantra or maybe even learning more about Krishna and his life if you're not familiar reading the Bhagavad Gita or the Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam is an excellent book to read if you want to learn more about the life of Krishna. So again, things to watch out for with Venus and Taurus great for the arts, great for love and luxury and indulgence. We want to be careful about overindulging. We want to be careful about being stubborn, want to be careful about being overly clingy, hoarding things, don't want to overly attach to things. So after Venus and Taurus, we can talk about the new moon on June 29th, we will have the new moon in Ardra. So we were talking about Ardra, right? Ardra is a tough nakshatra. It's notoriously a hard nakshatra. Ardra is difficult. I know plenty of people who have Ardra in their chart who are super amazing individuals. And I'm sure that they will tell you also that Ardra <laughs> is a difficult nakshatra. And so we have this new moon on June 29th. And as I mentioned earlier, it will still have that sign exchange going on with Rahu. So it really just reiterates what I was discussing earlier is that we we want to keep an eye out for overly aggressive behavior, overly sharp behavior. We want to be mindful of manipulation at this time. We want to be mindful of aggressiveness um, and difficulty. Ardra has an association to sadness. So notice if anything comes up in your own life, notice if anything comes up in the world around. It is a good opportunity to lean into the positive qualities of Ardra, of that resiliency, and of that strength and determination. And of course, the new moon is always a good time for setting intentions. So have that marked on your calendar, setting intentions, setting seeds for the future around June 29th. I wouldn't recommend starting anything on June 29th. I'd wait a few days, but it is a good time to kind of sit in contemplation. And we will have an entire podcast based on this as well. So this is the big thing. This is what I've wanted to talk to you all about. June 27th until August 10th, Mars will enter Aries. And so we've spoken about Mars before. Mars is the warrior. It represents anything associated with war, weapons of war, and our mentality when it comes to handling irritability, handling aggression, handling assertiveness, knowing when and when not to engage in conflict. When Mars is strong, it operates well. When Mars is weak, there can be explosive outbreaks. There can be impulsive outbreaks. There can be people doing things without thinking about it. And we've seen this throughout the entire time of Mars being in Pisces. Mars entering Aries. Mars is way more intelligent when it's in Aries. But what I want us to keep an eye on, Mars is going to be conjoined with Uranus, which is sudden unexpected events. And it's going to be with Rahu, which can also amplify things and make things more extreme also revolutionize things. Mars won't be near Uranus or Rahu until late July. So it's not something that we need to necessarily be worrying about right now. I think that we'll see the effects, we'll see the intensity a lot more in July than we will in June. But I want you guys to have that on your radar. As we move into July and August, things are definitely going to heat up. 
But what we need to focus on now is Mars has entered Aries. It will be aspected by Saturn for the month of June. (laughs) In July, Saturn will move back out. But for a few weeks, Saturn will also be aspecting this combination. And so we do want to be mindful of the heat of the fire. We do want to be mindful of the impulsivity and the anger and irritability. But overall, I see this being an amazing time to get things done, to do, to achieve, to overcome, to create, to express. It's such a phenomenal time to really focus on what it is that we're wanting to create in life, what it is that we're wanting to do. Some of us, especially if you're a Libra, Aries, Cancer, Capricorn, you may be reevaluating what you want to do in general. You know, your goals may be changing, your drishti, your gazing point in what it is that you want to do with your life may be under construction at this time. And other others of you, even if you're not those signs, you may be feeling this as well. But I do see an increase in vitality. I see an increase in energy. And when it comes to, again, directing our energy, I think that we're going to be feeling much more intelligent. And I think we'll be much more efficient. And if we're not feeling efficient, it's a time to get that in order. What are the priorities? What do we need to get straight? Where do we need to be investing our time? And something with Aries, because this is a very radical combination. Mars, Uranus, Rahu, and Aries can be very radical. It's a time to focus on what we want to support, what we want to create, not what we want to destroy. We may see something in the news, we may hear something from someone that we don't agree with or that we think is wrong. And instead of trying to prove them wrong or trying to debunk their argument or trying to tell them how dumb they are, right? I know that we can all get tempted. How can we instead try to support what it is that we love? Try to create more of what it is that we believe in? What actions can we take to create more of what we think is better and good and just and fair? Because if we choose to act in that other way, it's just going to be a tailspin of negativity. So try not to contribute to the negativity. Try to encourage your own positivity in this world. So definitely I see that being excellent on an individual level for being assertive and being dynamic and getting things accomplished. And especially again, while Saturn is in Aquarius as well, Saturn will enter back into Capricorn in July, which we will talk about more in the July podcast. So on a global level, as I was mentioning, I do see this being a turning point and Mars does operate with more intelligence when it's in Aries I do want to say we have more to watch out for especially into July in June I think that um, some of the biggest things we need to watch out for is that communication how people are communicating what is being said and um, really being discerning about what we believe and what we take in as truth and as facts. And we really need to keep an eye on leadership and the messages that they're sharing and conveying. And we want to continue watching that, obviously. But for June, I think that we could see advancements in technology. 
we could see even advancements when it comes to wellness and health. So there could be some sort of scientific breakthrough, something when it comes to the physical body or vitality. And I also think it could be something with transportation even as well because Uranus also has so much to do with transportation and Aries is a cardinal sign and that's the other thing too right Aries and Libra are cardinal signs and having these planets and cardinal signs it shows movement and shift so I do think that we will see quite a bit move and shift this month I think that more decisions will be made and more communication will be made as well now that Mercury is going direct but again just be mindful of the messages I'm a little I'm a little apprehensive with what I'm seeing with the Rahu something. And so other than that, I talked a little bit about Ayurveda. Remember that Pitta is the hot, fiery quality that creates inflammation, headaches, maybe issues with blood, cuts and bruises. Vata is the wind quality <laughs> that can create a scattered effect, some anxiety. And when we have Vata imbalance, it creates a whole host of other issues. But what I'm trying to promote is the more kapha energy. So we want to slow down. We want to conserve our energy. We want to be a little bit more introspective, more grounded, less stimulus, more time in silence. Of course, kapha also has this association to love and devotion. So really paying attention to our spiritual practices and coming home to ourselves and trying to cool off. It's also getting hot outside with Mars entering Aries. This is going to be hot. This is going to be a hot summer. Really hot, hot spring, hot summer with what I'm seeing in the astrology. So we want to cool off. We want to be aware of those heat imbalances or wind imbalances, okay? To try to make it as um, brief as possible. But otherwise, please enjoy this beautiful, creative energy. I think that this month is just so fantastic, again, for fertility, expression, beauty, enjoying the finer things, slowing down, romance, love being at home decorating making things beautiful like I love it I'm gonna be working on that myself <laughs> I hope that you all can embrace this wonderful time as well if you have any questions you're always welcome to email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com my instagram is astrologynow underscore podcast website is innerknowing.yoga and I'd love to see you on patreon patreon.com slash astrologynowpodcast again my name is Christine Rodriguez this is astrology now thank you so much